Hey everyone, welcome back to the Fun Boat Diplomacy Podcast. I know it's been a while since the last episode, I'm sorry. <laughs> and there's been just a few things going on, uh, not so much on the academic side. I've pretty much sorted out, uh, not sorted out, but have sorted most of the things that I've had to do. And um, I only have like two assignments left in the whole semester, and there's still another two months left but the real special thing that's going on right now is that the weather spring is finally here. I know I've been talking about the weather every time I get on the podcast, but uh, it really is, uh, it, it started. It's it's about um, in Fahrenheit, like low 60s. So that's, that's an, an improvement uh, of leaps and bounds from what it was before when I could remember uh, biking to school with um, the the, uh, the insides, the condensation inside my nose freezing by the time, uh, freezing into like ice, literal ice by the time I made it to uh, to to the school building. So um, I've been outside quite a bit, enjoying the sun. I've been there's this island that's uh, just north of where I am. If I bike like five minutes, I get to it and. This is Long Island in the middle of the <clears throat> in the middle of the Oda River that is just uh, really great when it's sunny um, to uh, to bike on and I've 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 uh, gotten back to running. Uh, I suck at it. I mean, I sucked at it before, but uh, since uh, I've skipped like f- uh, like four months of of not running, um, it's uh, it, it takes some getting used to again. But uh, I hope to be living a more fit and healthy lifestyle in that regard. Um, Also, yeah, it was like before Easter that I last posted the episode before. So what did I do during Easter, right? Uh, I did get to visit Krakow, uh, which was the first time I've really visited somewhere outside of Wrocław. Uh, during my time here in Poland, I don't count the hour, hour and a half that I had a uh, transfer of buses on the way back from Vienna when I um, when I was in Katowice. If you want to hear about that, that's uh, you can jump back to a December episode where I do talk about that trip. But that doesn't really count. Um, but this time I got to visit the. I guess it's the number one destination. I, yeah, I think it's the number one destination in Poland, and it's Krakow, and a lot of people know Krakow and Warsaw, but I think Warsaw is a little bit out of the way. Uh, it is the capital, but it is, is a little bit out of the way, so maybe uh, Krakow is the bigger destination uh, because of this its medieval feel. It's still... It wasn't uh, as damaged um, during the the Second World War, so it retains its uh, medieval feel, and you really do feel that that it's still kind of like that. And um, it does have a castle in the middle of the um, of the of the city, and another attraction that people like to go see. I didn't get to go see it this time, and uh, I actually don't have much of an interest in seeing it. Is the uh, former Auschwitz concentration camp, and the reason um, I don't really want to visit it is because I've visited a concentration camp before, and it's just I feel like if you visit one concentration camp, you uh, uh, you don't derive much uh, benefit from from visiting another concentration camp. I know there's a lot to see and the concentration camps are a little different and Auschwitz being the number one, the biggest concentration camp uh, during the time of the Third Reich. Um, it's, it's for sure it's worth visiting, but personally, I think I, uh, I'm all, um, I'm all set as far as concentration camps go. Um, and also uh, a, a little bit of a, a tip or a sort of um, um, it's not really advice. I, I can't. I can't really give advice on on visiting a concentration camp. But 
Um, I will say that when I visited um, this this camp, uh, Sachsenhausen, north of Berlin, it's uh, it was beautiful weather, and it's really very jarring when the weather is nice and you're walking around such a horrible area uh, with with such negative energy from the past. Um, so now it's springtime, and I imagine that on a nice day, uh, Auschwitz can. Uh, can feel a little strange. And so uh, if you all have any plans to visit a concentration camp, perhaps uh, on a really, really cold, terrible, cloudy, perhaps snowy day in the deep winter of Poland, uh, maybe that's the, the better route to take to get the real feel of, uh, of, of uh, visiting a concentration camp. Uh, so that's my... <laughs> my tip for for visiting a concentration camp but it, that's uh beside that um Krakow was uh, was very nice it's it's like a more it's like it's like Wrocław the, the city I'm studying in it's like Wrocław but more so um there's their uh, main square is is like much bigger and a lot more exciting than our town square uh, the riverside is actually not as interesting, or maybe I'm just more used to the riverside here. Um, but there's also um, their old town, which I guess I kind of live in, um, like a much older area uh, of 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 Wrocław because it uh, this was an area in Nadolje in, in the north. It, it was an area that wasn't as damaged. Um, like completely, it wasn't completely destroyed during the war because this was a very central point um, of the uh, of the, the campaign on the Eastern Front when the Soviets um, were pushing in towards Berlin. Uh, but this uh, particular part of the city was uh, still pretty damaged. You can still see some of it um, on the buildings here, um, some like pockmarks from bullets and stuff. Um, but yeah okay so the uh, the old part of uh Krakow there's the um there's the medieval part and then there's the Jewish quarter Kazimierz which is really cool because it uh, it has buildings that are even older like 1800s buildings it was also the site of the uh, Jewish ghetto uh the Krakow ghetto um during the occupation by the by the Nazis um, and uh, this, uh, today it's it's this very cool hip area that has a lot of street art and a lot of uh, they have like food carts they have uh, very well preserved things this and that like cafes and restaurants and stuff and uh, I wish I had more time to go explore that area because the city center you could do in like a couple hours um, but uh, this uh, Kazimierz is something that I would have liked to uh, had more time to explore. Um, and also across the river would have been cool. I, I guess that I've heard mixed uh, mixed feelings about uh, visiting Oscar Schindler's old factory. Oscar Schindler, the guy who is the uh, um, the German who saved a whole bunch of uh, of uh, local Jews, um, uh, as portrayed in the movie Schindler's List, and also the uh, Plashov um, small work camp is uh, also in the vicinity as well. Um, not as well-preserved, of course, as uh, as the Auschwitz concentration camp, but uh, also would be would have been interesting to see as well. So, um, yeah, uh, I won't waste any more time with this intro. It's a bit rambling. I want to uh, get back to uh, enjoying the sunshine. So um, this episode, actually, with my good friend, Joshi, uh, he he and I uh, studied together last semester, but this semester he's uh, taking an internship in Berlin and came back to visit during the Easter holiday, and we recorded it on uh, what's the so-called drinking uh, student island or drinking island here uh, in Wrocław outside. So you might have some uh, some disturbances in. Uh, as far as uh, the the microphone picking up wind uh, on this episode, which um, yeah, that kind of, kind of sucks. But it was it was nice to record outside for once, um, and uh, I think I'll be doing it much more often uh, in the coming weeks, months. 
um, but with uh, maybe some consideration for the win. But we'll see. Um, I'm uh, working very low tech here. So, but anyway, um, enjoy this week's episode with my good friend Joshi. Welcome back to the Fun Boat Diplomacy Podcast. I'm here today with my good friend Joshi. He's back from Berlin. Welcome, Joshi. Thank you, thank you. Do you want to introduce yourself real quick to the podcast audience? Yeah, sure. My name is Lady Joshi, and uh, I'm an Indian guy. <laughs> uh, one of the only Indian guys in the class. And uh, I, I'm doing my internship in Berlin right now, which is extremely boring. <laughs> and... <laughs> I'm I'm here for the Easter week, so it's gonna be a fun week here with with my friends and stuff. Yeah, so I first met you. You were in the you know, international relations masters, yeah, right? And yeah. then you still are, but you're just doing this internship. And uh, how does that work with your classes? You just not have to do them. You don't have to attend them. I don't have to do them technically, but if I don't do them, there are consequences because, for example, Polus, the uh, the class for uh, methodology. methodology yes. He already told me that he's going to fail me. Oh, what an asshole. <laughs> yeah. He's like really serious about yeah, things. Yeah, he's very serious. So he already told me that I'm going to have to fail you this semester. So you have to take the class again in the next semester. Fuck. Yeah. So there are some one or two other professors also who I have to convince like really hard. Because uh, they agree to the fact that I can uh, give the presentation and stuff. But then they are still also saying that you have to attend the classes and this and that. And that is that is going to be a problem. So I still have to figure out how am I going to clear all the classes. Because yeah. I have to clear them anyhow. Yeah. So. But at least, I mean, you get when you left, it was, uh, it was deep in the winter and it yeah. was freezing. And now we're recording outside for the first time. I hope it's not like crazy on the listeners end because <laughs> yeah. of the wind yeah i think it might be I, I can fix that a little bit at the uh after mm-hmm. um in post but uh but yeah it's we're on this uh so-called drinking island and you probably you guys at home will probably hear a lot of podcasts recorded here on the drinking island yeah. in the coming months because it's really beautiful it might be too noisy though there's actually if you look in the distance over there there's an island with a silver thing yeah yeah. And it's, uh, it's much more quiet. People don't really hang out there. Oh. And uh, the thing about the Drinking Island is it's called the Drinking Island, but um, the, uh, the police do patrol it uh, when there's a lot of when there's a lot of people yeah, here. Of people. And they'll come and they'll hang out. And if they see something, it's like really stupid. It's like it's like uh, when they when they see something, they'll come and they'll start talking to you and whatever, and they'll explain to you that you can't do this. And uh, oh, so when they like, see you drinking, that yeah, yeah, yeah. If it's in its original container uh-huh. they'll come talk to you but if it's not it's like okay. uh, they it's don't totally know what cool. you're yeah now. exactly and like it's so stupid you can watch it happen like they'll start walking mm-hmm. and then you'll see everybody start putting everything away in their bags <laughs> and then when they pass they pull it out so it's this stupid game like between oh, okay. between the, the the city and uh and and the people who want to just have a good time here and it's really like who like it doesn't really matter because like there's all these little like uh these platforms here they're all bars yeah yeah, and this yeah, one here yeah. too yeah. Like there's those guys are gonna be selling Captain Morgan. It looks like, and so like it, it's it's so stupid. And they try to enforce this, uh, this stupid yeah, law. Exactly. So so yeah. if they want to do this, they, they should name it as like the non-alcoholic drinking island. You know, <laughs> it's not called the drinking island. I think it's just like a local name. But yeah, we used to come here. I, I they, the, the the cops did come up to me once and uh, had a bottle of wine, and they're just like, yeah, like. You in Poland, it's like illegal to do this, and they they didn't make a big deal out of it. Yeah. I think someone was telling me that the city, the mayor of the city, doesn't want to make a big deal mm-hmm. out of uh, this and doesn't want to like arrest foreigners or yeah, get foreigners yeah, in trouble. So yeah. they just like issue they just warnings. Give warnings and yeah. Stuff, yeah, but yeah, it's it's good. Uh, in your next few days, I I think it'd be good to hang out here some more. Yeah, yeah, it should be amazing. And so, uh, you're in during your time in Berlin. Have you done anything like anything uh, crazy, fun? <laughs> like you, said you don't have a good time in Berlin, which is like my yeah. So, so the only fun thing is that uh, I can do Indian stuff, like what we do in India. Because uh, what normally people do in India is they they just cook good food. Mm-hmm. They just all sit together, play games and stuff. Not much of alcohol. So we do the same, but with a little bit more of alcohol, just because it's <laughs> it's not Gujarat, the dry state, but it is 
Berlin. So we do it with alcohol. So what we do is we, we call our other Indian friends. We sit down, we play poker, we cook stuff like pani puri. Do you know what is pani puri? No, explain. So it's like I've heard the name, and I'm not really good with uh, the Indian name. Like so, it's it's like uh, it's like a round big thing made out of I don't know what, but it's it's like very uh, brittle. You know, you can like and you can put a hole inside it uh-huh. and then you have to fill it up with uh, with potato and uh, some some beans they are like made with different spices already pre-cooked you have to add it inside that whole round thing and then there's two types of waters they are prepared one is an extremely spicy water the other one is a sweet water and you put them both inside and then you just put the whole thing inside your mouth okay and it's and supposed to be spicy or, or yes. sweet yeah, it's supposed to be a mixture of spicy and sweet. But if you want, you can make it only spicy. If you want, you can make it only uh, sweet. So it depends upon how you want to eat it. But people are like mad for it. Yeah. I hate it, but people are mad. Is so it, whenever it's not new, is it? Is it new? No, is it's it? very old. It's okay. very old and it's extremely famous. It's called Golgappa. Is it from a specific uh, like uh, part of India? Or? Uh, I think yes, but I don't know from where because it's like famous all over India. Mm. So. Uh, it, it's it's known with two different names. One of them is Golgappa, and the other one is Pani Puri. So it's it's really famous. And uh, the the worst thing is I hate it. So whenever I tell people that I don't like Pani Puri, so they're like, "What? Are you a human being? Are you an Indian? Are you, Are you Indian a real Indian?" <laughs> so so yeah. that's how it is. Yeah, it's the uh, it's the same for me. And uh, so in Taiwan, there's this thing called stinky tofu, mm-hmm. and it's this tofu that's like. It's basically old tofu, as far as I know. It's old tofu with like some sauce, and it's it smells horrible. That's why it's called stinky tofu. But if people think it it tastes amazing, and uh, I disagree. I think it's uh, it, it it tastes how it smells, and uh, but like Taiwanese people are like, this is like real Taiwanese, and you don't you don't like this. Like something's weird, something's wrong, and like I gave it so many chances, and uh, it just doesn't do it for me. So I guess the same for you for for this dish. Um, and when I think about Indian food, it's always mostly I'm thinking about like some sort of spicy, um, like entree with rice. But uh, like that that can't be all that there is in yeah, Indian food. Yeah. So like uh, I know India is huge and there's so many different cuisines in different regions. But like, do, is there like a breakdown that you can explain to me? Because in China, they, I can break down. There's like four main mm-hmm. like types from like north south. Okay. East and uh, West has a few different kinds, mm-hmm. but uh, in India maybe yeah, you have a better I idea. Yeah, I can do like some kind of a generalization. Like for example, in the North, the the famous one is Punjabis, the mm-hmm. the guys with the turbans. You have you must have seen Punjabi them. like Northwestish, like yeah, it's like North closer to like Pakistan. Yes, closer to Pakistan because Punjab has an Indian region and Punjab has a Pakistan region. Yes, also. yeah. So uh, they usually prefer. Uh, the food which is available in all the Indian restaurants, right? Right. You, you mean in all the Western I, yeah, Indian restaurants, they I, have this. I mean the the paneer with curry yeah. and uh, the biryanis and uh, naan and uh, butter rotis and stuff. You know. So what what they do is they uh, they are like very healthy people, mm. and what they do is they wake up late in the morning around nine o'clock, ten o'clock, and what they do is they eat aloo parathas. Now, what is aloo paratha? Aloo paratha is like you make a dough, you make a dough, you just uh, spread it like like a tortilla, and then you fill it up with with the with the whole uh, mashed potato stuff made made with different spices and everything. They just put it inside, cover it, and then again uh, open it, and it's, it's like a stuffed uh, stuffed potato naan. Okay, I can call it stuffed potato naan, right. and it's extremely heavy. Yes. And they cook it in in a butter, butter with extreme fat. Uh-huh. So they just cook it with a lot of butter, and then they eat it with curd, and it's it's like the heaviest meal in India, according to me. Yeah. So they just cook it like that, and uh, they eat in the morning, like two or three parathas is like nothing for them. And then in the afternoon, they they have lunch around three o'clock or something, and just 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 a normal day, but. Alu parathas is famous for for the north. They like can that. and they can function after eating that. Yeah, if yeah. I were to eat they that, they do. They do. I they would do. have to take a nap. Yeah, me too. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> they do function. I did that today earlier. I had <laughs> I had, I had uh, like rice and salmon, and I like went right to sleep for twenty minutes. <laughs> I do that a lot. I don't know about you. You have to work, but yeah, I'm pretty lazy. Um, when 
it comes to the afternoon. It's not a good time for me. I think it's a, it might be a Chinese thing. Like, yeah. Chinese people like taking naps in the middle of the day. Mm-hmm. But yeah, anyway. they, they take like a small power nap. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think it, wo- it works very well. It works very well. Yes. And, I, and like, I think for Westerners, it's like... Yeah, because because when you right. are feeling extremely sleepy and you take a nap for just 10 minutes, you can, you can get rid of the whole sleep. Yeah, you, you can yeah. make yourself like extremely fresh. And I've experienced that before. So it works, yeah. So. Yeah, we have haters out here. People don't like that. <laughs> people people think I'm like uh, I'm weird for doing that. Like, yeah. it's, uh, it works for me. I don't know. Yeah. Like you all are drinking so much coffee, and it's like uh, <laughs> I I just uh, take a short nap. I still will drink coffee, but yeah. it's uh, they 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 really have to like use the coffee as like a as like uh, a thing to like bash yeah. like they bash their way through like their a tiredness. Nitrous for yeah, them. <laughs> and uh, for me, it's like um, I want to feel good on coffee, not like. Um, yeah. like really tired but I have to power through it but anyway I was like I diverted uh, you can continue yeah, uh, explaining okay. a bit <laughs> so so then comes the western from the, the place where I come from so uh, what we usually eat is we uh, should I I had it I, I forgot to bring it here it's, it's at my place it's a famous thing called kakra mm-hmm. so it is like uh, uh, how do I explain so when you have I don't know what it's exactly made up of, but I'm going to tell you the home version of it, like how we make it at home. So we prepare the dough, we spread it, the round one, and then we we just uh, roast it on, on, on flame. And it's ready. It's like the soft, uh, we call it roti. Mm-hmm. So that's ready. And when you re-roast it again, it, it gets hard. Mm-hmm. And, it, and the thing which is made is called kakra. So that is like the most eaten uh, snack in India. Everyone who doesn't want to get fat or everyone who is already a fat and looking forward to <laughs> weight loss, they eat it. This, but this bit is made out of dough. Yeah. How, but What is the logic? I mean, so that's what I'm saying. The home version is made out of dough, uh-huh. but the ones which are available outside, I don't know what are they made up of. So maybe they could be the light ones. So, All right. Uh, that's, that's the morning snack, what they normally eat. We drink a lot of milk. In, in Gujarat, then uh, for for the lunch we usually uh, prepare. So we have like a whole dish with roti. Mm-hmm. Uh, we call it sabji. The sabji is is a vegetable. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have two three different kinds of sabji, and uh, we have any one of the beans, and uh, we have dal, and we have rice. So this is like a whole a whole Gujarati cuisine. So if you go to a Gujarati restaurant, if, you, if for example, you come to India and I take you to a Gujarati restaurant, you'll see in just one plate, there will be like almost 15 items, 15, 15 different things that you can eat. You will be confused what to eat now and what to eat next. <laughs> and so we have like a lot, lot of stuff in Gujarat. So uh, this is the most basic one, the roti, chapati, uh, the vegetable, the beans, rice and the dal. So it's... So, uh, what my grandparents say is, and also my parents sometimes, they say that this meal, the, the Gujarati meal, is designed in such a way that if you eat like a proper meal every day, you get all the nutrition that a human being requires because you can get the carbohydrates from the dough and from the rice and from the dal, you can get the protein, you can get other proteins and vitamins and everything from the beans and the rest of the stuff you get from the vegetables and stuff like that. So they say that you should eat a pure Gujarati meal every day. So, so that's how it is, the, the Gujarati meal. So then I don't know about East, but uh, in the South, they eat mostly rice. Uh, and uh, I should not say this, but, but they eat it the nasty way. <laughs> they, <laughs> they, they don't use spoon. Okay, me, okay. First thing is they, they okay. never use spoon. Yeah. What they do is... Uh, uh, they just have the rice. They have their own different things which are to be mixed with rice. Right. And it's not dry. It's wet. It's something right. wet. But still, they just mix it like this with their hands. They take it and then they eat it like just this. Just straight from the hand. Yeah. Okay. Just, if, if someone is a good, he'll eat it like this. Like yeah. a little bit in a disciplined way. But some. But like generally. just Yeah, generally it's just like this. So that's kind and, of like I saw. And their hands are like all all over the food and it's uh, and then they in the end they clean their plate they clean and they eat everything that's left out in the plate they don't believe in wasting food 
I think that's in in most of the areas in India. They don't believe in wasting their food, so they have so they take in the dish only whatever they can eat. Mm-hmm. And once they've taken, they have to finish it. Mm-hmm. Some people they do that. So that that's how it is generally. So that's that's similar to I think I was you know this show uh, um, Parts Unknown by uh, Anthony Bourdain. He's this like chef from the New York, and he goes mm-hmm. around the world, and he goes to, to uh, explore different cuisines and mm-hmm. cultures and stuff. And he goes, I think it was Libya, yeah. or it might have been. Uh, it's either Libya or it was the Gaza Strip uh, mm-hmm. in Palestine, and that's what they 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 um, they eat with their hands. And like to any outsider, it would be it would be so strange, but this is how it's done. Yeah, and uh, they've they've been doing it for. And I would say uh, in Asia, lots of Westerners might get sick because they are not they're not used to the same bacterias or yes. whatever's going on like i got sick in vietnam actually oh. um and <clears throat> it's either i mean it's it's probably because like maybe there's like a fresh lettuce or something that wasn't like washed like mm-hmm. as thoroughly as usual mm-hmm. but like they're used to it so their yeah. their stomach they have stomach yeah. flora that can take care of that mm-hmm. but uh the, well, the westerners they're not used to it and they they might get yeah. sick for a day or two yeah whatever yeah. but yeah. i know that in india like people Westerners who go there will they will, may fall. Yeah. I mean, if they choose not the right places to eat, they they might fall sick. Yeah, because mm-hmm. the, still there are some places who make it like really hygienic, and they maintain all the hygiene and everything. So, uh, if if you are coming from a western side, you should you should prefer to eat at those places. But but it's it's not possible because uh, the famous thing in India is the junk food. So, like stuff you find on the street. Yeah, so. the stuff you find on the street, which is extremely unhealthy, extremely unhygienic, but good in taste. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People want to experience. That. <laughs> yeah, so everyone who comes there, they just uh, uh, eat that food. So I'll, I'll give you an example. So when I was doing my bachelor's in in Saint Xavier's, so we used to have some uh, some of the uh, students coming from a university called Marquette University in USA. And where is that? What was it called? Mar- Marquette. I've never heard of it. I don't know. But there are so many universities in America. Yeah, but yeah. anyway. So there used to be some management students and they used to come to our our college, uh, some 11, 12 students every year. And uh, we used to run uh, an ITU. Uh, it's, it's called the International Tra- you know, Industrial Training Unit. And uh, where in which... So I was a student of industrial chemistry. And we used to run this uh, training uh, institute where uh, where we used to manufacture different products and we used to sell it to uh, the small markets. And in, in that way, we used to get the knowledge on how to how to do the production, how to do the marketing, how to do the sta- sales and how to do the management. So these were like some uh, an R&D. These were like four or five sections that we made and only the students used to run it. And it was supervised by our professors. So these students, they used to come for like uh, 10 days or something and they used to stay in our college and uh, they used to have different meetings with us and where we would explain them on how to, uh, how to, how do we work. And then, uh, so first we used to make a presentation on how do we work and then they will, they were given some five days or something of time and then they would give a presentation to us on how do we improve our working and stuff so that, that's how it used to be so so my main point is when they used to come we used to take them to the street food you know and uh, we used to show them all the street food they used to enjoy it's the places you would go for lunch maybe right yeah 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 yeah, yeah. so and that's what people want to eat they don't want to go to like always yeah. to the, the the fancy places or whatever yeah. they want to see what people are eating locally mm-hmm. no but i think uh, the lunch and dinner are still a little bit hygienic because we prefer the proper restaurants for lunch and dinner, but yeah. but the most unhygienic used to be the breakfast. We used to take them on the streets, and uh, in the early morning it's like a good weather, like fifteen degrees, twenty degrees, something, something like this. Just just in the early morning, uh, till nine o'clock or something. So we used to take them early in the morning at seven thirty or something on the streets, and we used to eat a lot of stuff. And then uh, for the lunch, we used to take them to the pure Gujarati restaurant with. A lot of uh, varieties of food, and uh, it was good. It was it was really fun. We used to show them around in the night, so there was no alcohol in Gujarat, so uh, the only thing for them was to eat food. <laughs> yeah, what's the thing about alcohol then? Uh, it's 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 banned. It's banned since 
since I don't know when. And uh, I'm, I'm sure, sure or what's... I don't know. I don't know. I think it's banned since a long time. India. No, 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 no. Just, just Gujarat. Just Gujarat. No, no. Well, why, what's the situation? Why is that? Why was it banned? Mm, it's called a dry state. It has something to do with Gandhiji. And uh, I don't know. He banned it or he supported in banning it. I don't, I don't know the exact history of it. But it has something to do with Gandhiji. And since then, it has been banned. And uh, you cannot drink alcohol legally in Gujarat. You cannot drink it legally in Gujarat, but still it is one of the most alcohol consuming states. <laughs> so, okay. illegally. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, so that's, that's the situation. But I think, uh, I don't know, a lot of people disagree with me, but uh, uh, my belief is that just because it is a dry state, it is very safe. Like, for example, uh, as compared to other cities in India, if a girl, really hot girl, goes out in the night at 3 o'clock, and if she's alone, nobody would even look at her. I mean, they won't even dare to do something with her. It's it's that safe. So, especially especially the place where I come from, Ahmedabad, it is very safe. It's, it's really very safe. And, uh, Whereas but, it might not be the case in other parts of India. Maybe, yeah, yeah. Because the, the northern part of India is like extremely unsafe. The girls don't prefer to go out after 9 o'clock or 10 o'clock in the night. So, uh, so in that, uh, so because of that, I, I support this decision of a dry state because that makes the place very safe. Is it because it's dry or is it because uh, there might be, uh, might be a cultural thing? Uh, no, I, can you really like, uh, uh, can you really say that just because it's a dry state, it would be a safe? Not place? just because, but it has a major role playing in it. Because what I believe is, uh, people do drink in Gujarat, but the the problem is the police is everywhere, mm. and they are looking for people who are drunk. Hey, so hey, excuse me, guys. Sorry. Sorry. I need only 90 groschen on Polish vodka. Could you have maybe? <laughs> Sorry, I don't no, carry cash. Sorry. You and I don't have cash. <laughs> okay, I yeah. wish you a nice day. Sorry. Yeah, you too. You, you too. Bye-bye. Anyway. <laughs> some dude just came up and wanted some uh, some extra cash for vodka. <laughs> but anyway, you're saying... Oh, it's funny that this is our topic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, no one's feeling unsafe though. But yeah, yeah. you're saying something. Yeah. About so it. what I was saying is, it has a major role playing in it because what happens in Gujarat is uh, people do drink, but there are police outside. So so there is still a fear of sh- there is still a fear in people uh, to go out after drinking because if you are caught drunk, you are still. Uh, you still uh, 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 face a penalty. Yeah, you you still you might go to jail. Yeah, yeah. So so people uh, fear to go out after drinking, and I think that is one of the reasons that the drunk people are not roaming around outside, who are unsafe for the girls. You know. So there are incidents happening like there was a huge incident uh, where uh, a guy of a rich dad uh, he was drunk and he was driving an Audi and he was driving it so fast that he killed two guys Uh, the car got out of control and he just ran into two guys driving a bike and they were both killed so there are incidents happening but still uh, people there are many people who prefer not to go out after drinking so I think that is one of the biggest reasons behind the safety. Or could they not, uh, I'm just like thinking of alternatives to just banning alcohol, but could they not just say, uh, don't, uh, maybe it's extreme to me, but I don't, uh, be caught outside drinking then like no pot public intoxication is, Mm -hmm. is, uh, is illegal, um, in a lot of places, but if you're not hurting anybody, anybody, like it's, but still in, in, in Gujarat, it's still, yeah. A crime. If, gotcha. Even if you are not hurting anybody, even if you are just just walking around or just, but I think if you are not doing anything wrong, they won't even come and catch right, you. Right, right, right. Because, uh, but there are like random checkings going on. So there was this incident. Like, where, for where sure. are you going to post it? Because huh? I would like to share an incident which. which oh, is it's like uh, it's all over. Maybe you don't want to share. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, needless to say, it's kind of like a. Interesting. It's it's unique, right, to this state, or is there other states that do this as well? 
Uh, I think it's only Gujarat. Okay. Yeah. I so everywhere so. else you can just get out. Yeah, everything else. Yeah. So there's like there's like <laughs> there is a border between Gujarat and Rajasthan. Mm-hmm. So Rajasthan is the state between uh, Gujarat and Punjab. So so it's a huge state, and in Rajasthan it's permitted. In Gujarat it's not permitted. So there is a border line, uh-huh. and uh, on this side is Gujarat. On that side is Rajasthan. There's a place called Ratanpur. So <laughs> what people do is they they take their car. They go to Rajasthan. They just cross the border. On that side, there's a restaurant. They'll sit there. They'll drink, and then they'll come back to Gujarat. Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> but definitely don't drink and drive. Like yeah. So, so what they do is, uh, so they have if, like a if, shuttle. <laughs> yeah. If a group of no no, if a group of people are going, there will be one guy well, who who, who, who okay. decided that okay, I'm you the are the driver. You don't have to drink. <laughs> Only if you agree to this, then you are coming with us. <laughs> so they'll all go, and the others will drink. The driver will not drink, and then they'll come back home. <laughs> oh my but are God. there like bars immediately on the border? I imagine it's like this, like right yeah. as you cross the border. Like yeah, it's it's maybe what three or four kilometers away. But oh really? It's, so it's, it's not like it's not like you cross the 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 into the into the next state, and there's already just bars. No, I haven't no. been there. I've just heard of. I would imagine it's so like this because I was I was yeah. uh, I was working at Lake Tahoe in California, and it's on the border between California and Nevada. Mm-hmm. And as soon as uh, the border of California ends and the border with Nevada starts, there's four massive casinos. <laughs> because because it's like, all right, ca- gambling's legal. Casinos go up. <laughs> it's like right on the border. Like oh this, there, there's like one street called State Line, and as soon as you cross that, the next the, on the other side of the street is just these massive casinos. Wow. Yeah, it's so funny. But that's that's how it is. I would imagine like whatever is prohibited, like as yeah. soon as you cross the border, it's gonna it's, they're it's gonna good. provide yeah, right there. Yeah, yeah. So it's real. That's real funny it's, in that way. Really, yeah. But there are there are checkings like you cannot bring alcohol from there to drop mm-hmm. because when you are coming back, they they'll check your cars and everything. Mm-hmm. So you can drink, but you cannot uh, bring the alcohol from there. To here. So your state does it, it does it border Pakistan or no? Mm, so that would yes, be funny. It does. It does. Okay. It does yeah. And have you been? No. My parents have been there. I haven't been. Yeah. It, uh, you know the like the history between the two countries? No, not at all. No. Okay, because I know roughly what what happens when like maybe uh maybe you need you knew something I didn't or like the people at home don't know. So I'll I'll try to yeah, explain. Yeah, sure. Maybe maybe you can correct me. But like so after so the British were controlling all of it mm-hmm. um before they uh granted independent or. You know, they granted independence, mm-hmm. and they said, uh, "Look, there's um, there's Hindus, and then there's Muslims, and they're uh, uh, what we want to do is have uh, two separate con- or yeah, two separate countries, including Bangladesh, mm-hmm. um, yeah. that are going to be uh, one is going to be Hindu, it's India, and one is going to be Muslim, which is uh, Pakistan and East Pakistan, mm-hmm. which is now Bangladesh. Or do you know why it became Bangladesh? I don't actually know." It's I don't know, maybe because of the Bengali people over there. Because they're ethnically different from like yeah, the the, yeah. the Pakistanis. Yes, yes. So like uh, they had the to split up. So you're like you decide now, and mm-hmm. now you can live wherever. So, yeah. but to me that's like a really crazy thing to like say. Okay, these are the ar- 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 like arbitrary borders, mm-hmm. and then now go live there if you want to be safe. <laughs> <laughs> it's like super crazy. <laughs> Um, and then that's where like this uh, there's like a dispute with uh, Kashmir and uh, mm-hmm. between yeah, the, the Indian military and the Pakistani military and then meanwhile both of them have nuclear weapons yeah. and uh, and then it, it, yeah. uh, India sometimes has some border disputes with China as well yeah. Yeah. and uh, and and China has nuclear weapons so like no matter how dangerous people think the rest of the world is it's it's pretty dangerous like for example the Middle East is dangerous yeah. uh, like the situation is dangerous. The situation with Russia is dangerous. Like all of Africa is super dangerous, mm-hmm. but these three countries have nuclear weapons and they're massive. Like India and uh, China, and China, do they have the biggest yeah, uh, yeah. populations? Yeah, yes, yes. they have the two biggest populations. Uh, Pakistan has a border with Afghanistan, and like yeah. that's going on. And uh, that, those four things are going on at the same time. Mm-hmm. And uh, when when I was an undergraduate, uh, I had class once uh, at, with the, at, at the White House. At the National Security Council, uh, we met with somebody from a representative from the National Security Council, and uh, it was for the class was for um, 
U.S. foreign policy in Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. And the guy was explaining to us, like, well, this is during the Obama administration, so I don't know if like the views changed, but they said this is the most dangerous. Uh, they call it the Gordian knot of uh, of of international politics because this is the like any one moment can set off anything in yeah. this area. There are a lot of American troops in, in Afghanistan and also Pakistan. In Pakistan yeah. And and Pakistan doesn't well, they're not in Pakistan, but they're Pakistan is really not. Um, they're not thrilled with having uh, because you know the U.S. and India are friends, yes. and uh, they don't like India. And having an Indian ally mm-hmm. on their border, yeah. and then having India on a border, like, they're just not. Yeah, they feel this. like they're sandwiched between. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, but uh, yeah, I, I thought maybe you might know some extra, but that's what I know yeah, from yeah. the region. I don't know too. Like, I know more about other regions than this mm-hmm. region, but this no, is what I. Also, also, I don't know much much about this because yeah, because this. What you were studying, you were yeah. studying chemistry. Yeah. Because so, this is like I went to school and I learned some <laughs> some of these things. Like very, this is all I learned about this region. But yeah, if you're if you're not uh, studying it, you might not know these things. But but what were you were studying chemistry and then you you did what work in India? Okay, so what uh, first I did my industrial chemistry as my bachelor's, mm-hmm. and then for my master's I moved on to a course called surface coating technology. Which was uh, walk me through that because I don't have any idea what that is. Which was all about uh, uh, the coatings, you know, uh, any any kind of a surface coating, like for example, like cars, cars, take it, cars, take it, this pole, yeah. uh, take it, that building, and uh, so it's like uh, th- there are two, three different sections in it. One of them is paint. Paint is different, and there is electroplating is different. So. Uh, it was like a general idea about all the kinds of coatings which are which are being done nowadays all all the kinds of coatings which are going to be coming in the market and stuff like that so it was like a general idea about that and uh, i went to an internship in dubai uh, at a company called spectrum industries and what they used to do is they used to make can coatings like for example you have those beer tins, like aluminum. Yeah, yeah, aluminum tins, and they used to make uh, the coatings for for those aluminum tins, and uh, and also the coil coatings. You know, like the huge, a uh, huge roll of Got spider. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> There's like a huge, huge roll of uh, aluminum sheet, uh-huh. and uh, which is to be painted. So they they used to make. Uh, the paints for these coil coatings also so it has like a huge market so i was i was working with them for for like a month and uh, then i then i came back to india and i finished finished that course for two years and then i was working uh, for a company into the into the marketing of some specialized industrial coatings i worked with them for around uh, eight to nine months and then we had our family business, so my dad was like, "Okay, I need you now," because he was really old, and uh, he had he had he needed some help from me, and I was not making good enough amount of money in that job, so it was no point keep doing that. So I just I just left it and I joined my dad, and then I worked with him for two years, and uh, we just uh, did some expansion business and. Uh, we just made the whole thing in a flow and made it easy for him to to work alone. So then I came here for my second master, so that maybe because so we had like different options. Maybe we can uh, expand the business in Europe, or maybe I can find something new here, or maybe if I get an amazing job here, I can settle down here. And because like there are a lot of tensions to do business in India, it's it's not that easy. Right. So we also had. An option where uh, I can find a good job, I can start working here, and then if it goes really well, we can like shut down the business over there, and my family can shift here. Mm. So that was also one of the options. So I just moved in here, and uh, that's it. But I, I'm not thinking that I'll, I'll settle down here. I think I'll go back to India and uh, we'll do something more with the business because uh, I don't know. I'm I'm not. Uh, satisfied to keep working here because uh, you have to sacrifice a lot of things and you're not getting uh, 
the equal amount of things in return. Mm. So I think I'll go back to Korea. Well, what was it that you you were just here to ex like mostly to explore sort yeah. of possibilities, yeah. right? Yeah. And so your assessment is that there's not as many possibilities here. Ah, uh, no, it's not like that. So, uh, if I want to do business here, it's gonna be like a very long process. Mm-hmm. And there's gonna be like uh, a lot of uh, regulatory stuff that we have right. to do. Because so, uh, can you compare the regulatory um, climates of of the European Union and India? Yeah, so it's like uh, it's it's different, but uh, it's still it's still difficult in in both of them because uh, we we generally. So I'll talk to you from a pharmaceutical point of view because yeah, that's sure. what we do. Right. So. Uh, in India, there is like a major production of APIs, and and not the formulations. Now I'll tell you what is an API and what is a formulation. So, uh, a formula. So, for example, if you are taking a tablet of paracetamol, uh, it has an active ingredient which is called paracetamol, which is in a very less quantity, like for example, fifteen hundred milligrams or one thousand milligram or something, and there will be different other ingredients which will be mixed and making the whole tablet so they are called the excipients so and the api is called uh, uh, the, the paracetamol is called the api that is the active pharmaceutical ingredient the active ingredient which which works in your body when you take the tablet so that is an active ingredient so it's it's the api industry so that for that paracetamol powder is manufactured in a bulk quantity in a factory and then it is sold to the people who are making the tablets right so the making of the powder is called the API industry, and then the making of the tablet is called the formulation industry. So this is the basic idea about the whole thing. So India and China they are majorly into the manufacturing of APIs. They do manufacture formulations, but just for the local market, majorly for the local market, not not so much for yeah, the. So you won't see foreign. like a Chinese or Indian like box of tablets uh, uh, as much as like. And, uh, like yeah. in other countries, you yeah. don't see as yeah. much because uh, uh, in India we don't have like we have a major market of generic. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So we don't need a lot of certifications and everything for the formulation. Right. But for the APIs, there are factories with a lot of certifications. Like the most difficult one is the US FDA. Yes. To get the US FDA is like is like to win the battle, you know, for for. A, for an API manufacturer, because because <laughs> like American companies, won't they want to? Uh, America will want to protect like whatever they are manufacturing for yes. themselves. Yes. So it'd be very difficult to enter that market. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I yeah. imagine so. Yeah, yeah, it's it's very difficult to enter that market because <laughs> I'll I'll tell you an incident uh, of of a factory. Uh, so they applied for the US FDA. They made everything perfect. Like everything was going good. Everything was perfect. They did all the cleaning and everything just just before the inspection, and as soon as the inspection lady came, a lizard came out of nowhere <laughs> in the factory. Shit, a lizard! Damn, finished, <laughs> finished at that very moment. Okay, <laughs> so That's you have like everything perfect, but there shouldn't be just one dot coming out of nowhere yeah know? yeah <laughs> that's hilarious yeah so so that's that's how difficult it, it is to get a us fda so so uh and for the european market it's the cep mm-hmm. which is not so difficult as us fda but it is still difficult to mm-hmm. get a cep then there is uh the gmp that is the good manufacturing practice there is the iso certificate so these are all the type of certificates that you need to get to enter into a European market, and uh, so th- so this is how it's different. In India, you just if you want to sell your products in India, you need to get just the normal certifications like ISO and GMP and WHO. That's it. But to enter into the European and American market, you need to have a CEP. You need to you need to file the the DMF, and you have to apply for the US FDA, and you have to. Like there, there's a lot of regulatory. This is this is all I know for now. Yeah, so <clears throat> it's it's really difficult to enter into this. Mm-hmm. But if you have a very good uh, uh, amount of money, if you have a good experience in the field, 
you can uh, you can uh, start from the all basic and you can build a factory in such a way that you don't have to make extra measures to clear the USFDA you can like uh, do the basic manufacturing in the way that you get all the certificates right away right so that way that is the possible way and i've seen people doing that in india and uh, they are getting succeeded yeah they are getting uh, a good good amount of customers in, in the us and uh, europe because it's it's a huge it's a huge market pharmaceutical is like a huge and a never ending market so you can get a uh, good business in that yeah it's it's been a recent topic in america because of um, specifically because of opioids mm-hmm. um and uh, how the pharmaceutical this is just in america but the pharmaceutical companies in america are um they're sort of getting getting people hooked on these drugs mm-hmm. because uh, they're i mean they're derived from opium i guess mm-hmm. and they're yeah. uh, i'm not an expert like maybe you know more but it's a uh, for for like pain relief mm-hmm. uh, and um they any any old sort of thing you go to your doctor for they they will prescribe you these things because they wow. have this um yeah. they have this partnership with the pharmaceutical yeah, yeah. companies and actually it's like a bat, like a huge number of people in Florida alone uh, are are hooked on these opioids and it's a huge huge problem and then then it gets to the discussion of society because society and um and uh, businesses um being uh, having sort of an advantage because of government mm-hmm. because uh for example uh, other drugs like um like cannabis are perfectly fine actually as as far as most most uh, estimations go mm-hmm. but uh they are 100% illegal and um and and you can go it used to be uh, uh, the the new the new attorney general is trying to bring it back, but it used to be twenty five years minimum for having like a, yeah. a significant amount of, and maybe not even significant amount of marijuana. And mm-hmm. so uh, now it's, it's it's the discussion is going on. It's like why 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 is this thing that has almost no no bad side effects uh, prohibited, and then uh, and these pharmaceutical companies making things that have like they have effects like. Uh, suicidal tendencies yeah. homicidal tendencies like you have these mass shootings it's not the only reason why there's mass shootings but a lot of these people who pick up a gun and shoot people are uh, are, uh, are people who are on these kinds of medications oh, so okay. um, so it, it's not the only factor of course mm-hmm. but we have to like yeah, talk about it and this is, this is what's going on in America as far as yeah. pharmaceuticals when you say pharmaceuticals um, you're not just talking about like Tylenol or whatever. Right. Everybody, you, you know, you can take Tylenol. That's like that's fine. Everyone <laughs> needs that. But when you say the word pharmaceuticals in the in like the political sense, then this is yeah, this is the this, this is the, the topic. Issue. This is the topic that comes up. Yeah. Yeah. So you you were born in U.S. Or? No, no, no. I was born in Taiwan. Oh, but I moved when I was two. So okay. I'm basically I was, I was so I'm, only you or the whole family. Uh, my my parents. Mm-hmm. Uh, my uh, my sister and me, and we're the only ones of the whole family who okay. went to the United States. Okay. So you, so you applied the file and, and stuff, or uh, how did you get it? I don't know. They'd had to do it somehow. Yeah. But uh, I was lucky. I was just a kid. Yeah. I came over um, and uh, grew up in the United States, and so I'll tell people I'm ethnically like Taiwanese or like Han Chinese, but uh, culturally uh, American, mm-hmm. which is what's like really nice about america is like everybody can you become an american because it's a cultural thing <laughs> like no matter what race you are whatever but is that like because i think in more recent years it's more interesting to me because when you're growing up you're like you're going to school with like with like other asians white people hispanics uh, black people indians and like all kinds of people and then like more and more i think about it it's like it's very special and uh i don't know like people from the outside really admire that it's like it's not perfect, mm-hmm. but it's uh, everybody can be like so-called like treated in America. Mm-hmm. I don't, have you been there? No. Have, have you been? Where have you been out? To, you said you went to Dubai. Yeah. Right, just for one month. Or, yeah. Just for so how was that? Like, tell me a bit about Dubai. Yeah, it was good. It was it was really good, and uh, so uh, the the unfortunate part was I was not able to go for the desert safari. <laughs> but uh, it's the one bad, one thing you wanted to do. <laughs> yeah, but the good thing was I went to the Ferrari World. Okay, tell me about that. What is yeah, that? So Ferrari World is like it's like a huge. Uh, uh, how do you say the the place with a lot of rides and stuff? 
Oh, like a amusement park. Yeah, it's like it's like a huge <laughs> a Ferrari amusement park. Yeah, a Ferrari amusement park with everything made by Ferrari, and uh, so Does they Arthur, have these... Arthur cop cars, Ferraris. Is this the street? Yes, 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 it's, yes, yeah. yes. It's not. I'm not mistaken. I think I've seen pictures of those. Yeah, yeah. So there's this. Uh, I I don't know. They used to call it like this: the world's fastest roller coaster at that time, which goes at around. 250 kilometers per hour or something Fuck. and <laughs> so i went there with with 10 of my friends so we were like a total of 10 or 11 people and uh we just went there and that was the first ride that we had to <laughs> and i was fucking scared because, <laughs> because i'm always scared with i with hate ride coasters <laughs> yeah so <clears throat> so so it was like you could easily see it from outside, like from far away, that how fast it goes. Yeah. So I was looking at it the whole time, and then we went inside, and so so some of our friends they had already been there two or three times, so so they knew how to follow the whole process of which one to go first and which one to go next, something like that. So they said this is the first one we have to. Do. I was like shit, damn. <laughs> so it, it was the two of us. We were extremely scared, so we we, we didn't want to go. But you know others, they just push you and they just take you away. <laughs> so we were, there was a huge line. We were waiting for, for our turn. And uh, when it was our turn, they gave us like an airtight glasses, the transparent airtight glasses because it's very fast. Yes. You, you cannot keep your eyes open if you're not wearing them. Yeah. So they gave us these airtight glasses. And uh, then I was, I was just standing in front of my, my seat where I had to sit. Like shit, I'm gone today. I'm I'm so gone today. <laughs> and then I sat down, and then it started like like normally. And then from from the very next second, it it picked up the speed. And for the first uh, five or ten seconds, it was continuously picking up the speed. <laughs> and you won't believe, just just in the first ten seconds, that maximum. So that was, that was fine. That was still fine. I mean, I was fucked, but it was still fine. <laughs> and then it suddenly went up. It suddenly went up. That was also fine. But then it suddenly went down. How high is it? Is it like significantly uh, high? Yeah, it is, it is. It went up and then it suddenly went down. I was like, this. <laughs> I was like, shit, what what the hell just happened to me? <laughs> oh my god. So and then it went left and right and, 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 and everything. The, so the ride was just maybe not more than fifty seconds. Uh -huh. But but I was like dead for the first twenty five seconds and for the rest twenty five seconds I was like, Okay, I'm dead anyways, let's let's just enjoy it. So then I opened my eyes. <laughs> for the first twenty five seconds I was like with, with closed eyes and <laughs> like this. And for the rest of the 25 seconds, I was like, okay, let's do it, let's do it, let's do it. <laughs> and at the end of the ride... At that point, was it slowing down? No, no, no. No, it was, it was still... It was like the fast. All it was the still like just maintaining that velocity. Yeah, yeah, Fuck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I mean, in the end, it went uh, slow, like gradually, and then it ended. But when when we... Uh, when it was ended, I was my my eyes were still watering. Yeah. Even after those airtight glasses, it was still watering. <laughs> so that's 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 how fast it was. And I had a headache for the whole day. Then. <laughs> Shit. But 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 the rest of the but the rest of the day was really fun because because all the rest of the rides like weren't yeah, as intense. Yeah, they they were all amazing. I, I'll tell you my favorite one. So I had two favorite ones. So there's uh you know the uh the the pit tire changing thing right yes so they have this thing they have like a the real f1 car with the real wheels and the real screwdriver mm -hmm. and stuff so they have this small area where this car is there and they have a supervisor so uh they call any two people from the audience and they just teach them once that how to do it yes and then you have to do it once as a practice and then there is a there is a competition between the two of you guys yeah. who who finishes it first. So you have to like uh, remove the tire, exchange it, and then close it again. Yeah. It was like really fun. You got to do it. Yeah, I got oh, to hell do yeah. it. I got to do it. That's awesome. So <clears throat> I did it. I lost, but I did it. <laughs> then uh, the the second favorite one was 
there was like a huge area just like this with a huge screen in the front of it and it's like a real f1 race is going on and there were like five cars on this side five cars on this side and the cars were such that you can only see this uh, the seat there's a small screen in front of you there's a steering and there's these uh, the, the stuff the accelerator and brake so and it's stuff. a simulated version. Yeah, yeah it's a simulated version so they're not going to let you drive a real one <laughs> yeah but but they they had like pistons in, in on the below of every car uh-huh. and uh, so in the t- in the main tv screen you can see the whole race and in your own screen you can you can have a view of your own car and you get to drive you get to do the race with the other nine people and uh, and, and everything take, feels like you're doing everything feels yeah. like you're doing it. if you take a left turn your whole car will really take a left turn yeah and if you go more left it will take more left so it, it was so intense like it was so perfect and uh, the lucky thing was we were 10 people and there were 10 cars awesome so, so we were like buddies. racing with each other <laughs> And uh, we did it for like five to six times, and That's it was awesome. so much fun, and it was for free. So wait, it's free? Like, yeah, like just oh. there's an entry fees, and then you have everything free except how for expensive is this? I don't know. My friend paid. For this, oh, okay, because so. I imagine like, uh, what is your assessment on how expensive it is in Dubai? I don't know because uh, he he was my my elder sister's best friend, so he didn't let me pay. He did not even tell me how much I have to give him. So. I, I don't know how much he paid, but I think it it will be pretty much. Yeah, it, it should it's be Ferrari things, yeah. Ferrari related things, of course. Maybe it should be somewhere around hundred to two hundred dirhams or something. Maybe uh, that is also less, I guess. How much is that in US dollars? Do you think? I think it's it's the same as Polish zloty. Oh, it's it's equivalent. The Polish zloty and the uh, Arab Emirates dirhams they are the same. So <clears throat> yeah, so. This this was the the fun the most fun part. The highlight of your your time yeah. in Dubai was this. Yeah, but but you know there was this uh, another thing another same thing where you had the real F one car and uh, you get to sit inside the real F one car like this just uh-huh. with a helmet and everything and you have your own screen and that huge whole car is with the pistons mm-hmm. and it's it's so fun to drive that car but it was it was chargeable so I didn't do it. Yeah. And it was extremely expensive. I don't know how much was it, but it was really expensive. So I didn't do that, but it, it looked really fun. So that was the, the best part. There were many other uh, roller coasters, but they were not so interesting as, the, as these three things. So uh, you should go there someday. It's, it's so much fun. One and day when, I'll, I'll have to make that much money to go to Dubai. Yeah. <laughs> and when That's I went there, the. Uh, the palm re- the palm restaurant was not ready. They were still constructing it, so I couldn't go there. But even the palm is now ready, so you can go and stay there if you have a lot of. Yeah, I know that. I know that uh, they have their just amazing food because it's just they yeah. have so much money pumped into there and so much so many investors and mm-hmm. uh, everything. And, and yeah, just I know that the food is really um, on point and uh, anything else. I don't know. I know that. Uh, just next door in uh, Abu Dhabi, that like everything mm-hmm. is like new. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think in Dubai as well is also like very yeah, new because yeah. it's not, none of those buildings existed like thirty years ago. Mm-hmm. So it's very. I think it would be very interesting to go there because it's just very different. Yeah, like here in Europe, things are like hundreds of years old. <laughs> yeah, but in uh, in in the UAE, everything's uh, nothing was there um, just thirty years ago, just like <laughs> shacks in the desert. There was also this Dubai skydive thing which I wanted to do, but I was like, no, I cannot do it because my my par- I asked my parents and they were like, no, you're not doing anything <laughs> like that right now, and it was also one thousand dirhams, so I couldn't do it without asking. Skydive them. like jump out of a plane. Yeah, yeah. I, I people people do that and uh, they have a great time, but I that's, I don't know if that's for me. It's just too. <laughs> This is too much. I don't know. I like being on the ground. It's like I don't like being. I don't like being on on a ladder. Yeah. So maybe you you, you like scuba diving more than skydiving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even though like drowning is kind of scary too, but at least I can. Sw- I don't know. Like you can't fight gravity. Yeah. You can swim away, but you can't fight gravity. Yeah. That shit is scary. Mm-hmm. And the rest of your time in Dubai, like what was? The rest of the time in Dubai was just Mostly all just work, work and yeah. work and work. 
I hope it's not like that the rest of the time for you in Berlin because it's just like a, it's such a great city. Yeah, uh, you're you're there till the end of June. Mm-hmm. I need to find some really good people. I mean, I have to. Um. Yeah. Maybe I can like get you in contact with people I know. Oh, you know someone? There? Yeah, and I I always know people. Like the funny thing about Berlin is like everybody wants to go there and like yeah. Even I I always will know people who live there mm-hmm. who uh who didn't live there before. Oh, okay. Like uh, people. There, people I know who used to be there moved elsewhere, mm-hmm. and uh, it's always like I always know somebody who lives there. So yeah, I'm gonna definitely mm-hmm. pick you up with that. Yeah, so now good. there's like a big group coming, but um, yeah, we're coming up on our time. So uh, yeah. so thanks for being on. It's good to see you again uh, back in Brussels. Yeah. And uh, yeah, ciao, ciao. <laughs> we'll see you in Berlin. Yeah, see you in Berlin. <laughs> All right. See, and I'll I'll probably see you in Berlin, or you'll come back to Brussels, or whatever. There's not yeah. a lot of time; it's like time's passing so quick. Yeah. Anyway, take it easy, guys, and uh, tune in next time to the podcast. Mm-hmm.